Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to episode two of our reading intervention series, where we are going to talk about different ideas that you can have for implementing different things in your small groups. We'll talk about IEP goals that you might want to use or different ways that I might write IEP goals, as well as ways that you can monitor those goals quickly and efficiently. For me, I have a lot of decoding routines. And even though I have several of these decoding routines, I still spend about maybe five to 10 minutes a day on decoding. And that might vary depending on the age or the ability. What kinds of words are we decoding? Do we understand blending and segmenting and some of those types of things? You just need more of the phonics rules piece of it versus younger learners who are just getting started with decoding and really need that skill broken down. When we move to blending or that portion of our routine, I have flashcards that have whatever skill or skills they're working on. So if we're working on diagraphs, I would have, or maybe ending blends and diagraphs, we might have cards with CH, SH, TS, NG at the end of words, LP at the end of words. We would have different flashcards where we're just practicing the sounds that we might see on our blending board here in a few minutes. If it was a group working on vowel teams, we would have flashcards with all of the vowel teams that they have learned so far or that we have covered so far in that particular group that particular year. What are they ready for? What do they know? And we're just constantly spiraling through those. After we go through our flashcards, then I take those cards and put them on our blending board so that we can start to create words. Some of those words might be real, some of those might be nonsense. And again, because we all know time is an issue, some days we get to decode a lot of words. Other days we are pushed for time and we might only decode a few words. Either way, decode as much or as little as you have time for. And this is one of those things that's kind of adjustable. Maybe one day you decode 10 words, great. Maybe another day you decode three words because you barely had time for three words and you forced yourself to do it. Either way, use what time you have available and make it work using your blending board. Another way where we're practicing decoding is with pounding the word. So every day we first work on sight words, which I'm sure every one of you have listened to the last episode and are ready for this one. In our last episode, we talked about sight words. We have four sight words that we work on every day. And then we move on to our decodable words, where we have four decodable words in our book every day. Whenever we start this section, I always tell students to point with their fingers and their eyes because 
I, I don't know what it is. And I'm going to say it's because my students are just so wonderful. If I'm talking, they're looking at me. And when we're decoding a word, I don't want you to look at me. It's not on my forehead is what I always tell them. You've got to point with your fingers and with your eyes so that you can really see that word and say the sounds. So we have one finger pointing, one finger or one hand being our pounding fist. And so I'll say, okay, point with your fingers and your eyes, pounding fist ready, and we will pound that word. Again, this is a multi-sensory strategy so that they are seeing it, hearing it, feeling that word. And we say each of those sounds. A lot of times I'll point out like, oh my gosh, I see SH. That's what we've been working on. That's what's on our flashcard. You know, that's what's on our blending board. And we will acknowledge that. We review what does SH say? Oh, it says shh. Okay, add the other two sounds. Sometimes we decode these together. Some days I ask them to whisper read those. Sometimes it kind of depends on are we really early in the skill or are we doing a little bit better where I could ask them to do some things a little more independently. It kind of varies, honestly, depending on the group, the time of the year, how long have we been working on this, that kind of thing. But so I might ask them to whisper those sounds so that we can see what the word is. Then we share it together. We repeat that for all four of our decodable words. This is the time where we really talk about how some of our words look similar. So in this section, there are four words, but oftentimes two of them aren't even in the story, but they look very similar to two words that are in the story. So think of the words hit and hot. They both have an H at the beginning and an H, a T at the end but that medial vowel is different. And kids have to know and understand that words look so similar. So we have to read through all of them. We have to say all of those sounds. We have to check, does what I said actually match what that actually looks like or what words are, what letters are actually in the word. So we look for those words, we hunt for them and highlight them just like we would with our sight words. Only this time we use a green highlighter because our green words are decodable. So later, when we're reading the text, if we run into one of those words and it's highlighted with a green highlighter, then we'll say, oh, I can say the sounds in this word because it's highlighted in green. I don't know about you guys, but my best ideas come to me when I'm just pulling things out of nowhere, when like it just comes to me and I run with it. So one day earlier this year, we were working on magic E, specifically like A consonant E. And so that particular passage had a lot of words that had magic E. So even though our four words that were decodable, maybe only two of them were actually there. And then we had other words that were still in the story that had magic E. Even one of them like made, that may not have been a word that we stretched out, but that's a sight word that we've had many, many years or many times before in previous years. We can still highlight that. That's still a magic E word. So again, on a whim, I said, all right, now after we've read this on their last read, they whisper read to themselves. So I said, I'm going to give you a job while you whisper read. I want you to highlight any word that you see that has a magic E. 
and they loved it. They ate it up. So then the next day, they're like, can we hunt for magic E-words again? Sure, guys, go for it. The next day, can we hunt magic E-words? The next week, and the next week, and the next week. And as our passages are getting a little harder, and now it's not all magic E, now we have other vowel teams in there, they're still wanting to hunt magic E or AI or EE or whatever our target is. And so it's just been something that has kind of grown into this thing that not only do they enjoy, but we are training them to look for things that they know. What decodable parts of that word do you know? So now, sometimes just for fun, if we have extra time, we will, on that third read, when they're whisper reading, I'll ask them to, you know, find I-G-H or E-E or O-W or whatever it is that week. And then we'll get a different color and have them go through and highlight any other word that they recognize as having a long vowel with something that they know. So then kind of all of our other things are up for grabs. And it has just been such a fun way to show them how many words they really truly can decode. And then we have conversations about that. Like, guys, if you run into a word that you don't know, that's fine. But look at what is inside that word. Maybe you do know part of the word. Maybe you do know OA says O, and you can start to figure out other things. And after I had a little bit of success and fun and they were enjoying it, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the same with my other groups. So in my other groups, maybe we're looking for diagraphs. Maybe we're looking for beginning blends or a short A, whatever it is, we just have fun with it. Now let's talk a little bit about IEP goals because we know that that's a big part of our job. So for me, a lot of my IEP goals will look something like this. By the end of the IEP year, when given 10 words that contain, insert whatever skill you're focusing on, student will be able to independently read X number of words. Again, just like with sight words, you decide what's appropriate. You decide what your kids are actually ready for or what that particular student is actually ready for. A lot of us use 80%. Be able to read 8 out of 10 words. If that fits, go with it. Maybe they've been working for a long period of time on CVC words and they barely got to that, but their annual was there. I wouldn't recommend doing 8 out of 10 words with beginning blends. Maybe you just want them to be able to read half of the words with beginning blends. Maybe you want to focus on only L blends or only R blends, or, you know, maybe you want to focus in on something specific. You describe the list and then tell how many words do you want that student to be able to read. Then when it comes time for progress monitoring, as I described in the episode about sight words, I have a lot of things that I copy on the back of their book every three weeks. So if I know that a particular book is focusing on beginning blends, then I copy the papers on the back that have beginning blends for their decodable words. If it's a book working on vowel teams, then guess what's on the back? Vowel teams. If I'm working on um, multisyllabic words in that particular level, then multisyllabic words. They go on the back of the book. Then every day I can kind of target one student at a time to read a few words to me. And then by the end of the week, 
if I have really truly done one student every single day, by the end of the week, all my progress monitoring on their decodable words, or maybe their sight words, depending on what we're doing, is done. I have all the data I need by the end of the week. I also love copying those on the back of the book because then it reminds me that, oh, this is the third week. Maybe this is when I need to be watching their sight words. Maybe this is when I need to watch them for the blending board. Maybe this is when I need to watch their fluency goals. So just copying those on the back of the book is helpful to be like, oh, it's week three or, you know, it's been three weeks. I have to collect data this week. This is a data week and it's just a good visual reminder. And because of that visual reminder, it also helps me then remember that, oh my gosh, it's progress monitoring week and I need to be watching what they're doing when I'm using the blending board. So that's another opportunity where I can target student one on Monday, student two on Tuesday, student three on Wednesday, and so forth, and see if I give them 10 words on the blending board, how many of those is that student able to decode? And I can do that just by watching. And what I love about that is I know if I give them 10 words, it's nice and easy data wise. And then afterwards, I can just go back and write four, six, two words. What, what was it? Oh, he knew seven words. It's very easy to collect that data and then jot it down on your clipboard whenever you're finished. I also have words, um, kind of like a digital flashcard on my computer and I can call them over one-on-one -on -one and have them read those words from my computer. Again, just like with sight words, I really only do that once in nine weeks. I don't do that all the time. I would prefer to do it in real life, in the moment, from the blending board or from the back of their book. But I do have them on my computer. I can call them over and say, hey, read these words to me. Ooh, now next student. Hey, come read these words to me. Move on to the next student. And usually that goes pretty quickly. I can do each student in about a minute or so, um, unless they're really struggling. But oftentimes then I might kind of discontinue it because what's the point in torturing you if it's a brand new goal and you don't know all of those words or you're not going to know all of those words yet. And last but not least, I also have um, different rings where all of my words are printed on cards. And so then I can say, hey, is there any way you could have so-and-so read these words on these cards to you and tell me how many they know? Again, very much like sight words, it's just training them on what, what kind of prompting do you or don't you want them to say? What kind of speed are you wanting them to, okay, 20 minutes later, we've read 10 words because it took them a good lengthy amount of time to decode. Do you want them to cut them off? Do you want them to help them? Do you want them to help them with vowels? What does each student need so that your paraprofessional can do that? Um, that's not something that I rely on a lot just because, I mean, I am a bit of a control freak. I like to collect all the data. Only recently have I started experimenting and my IAs do a great job, but I like to see what they do. I like to see, okay, are they just flipping a B and a D? Yeah, they didn't get it right, but is that something that we need to work on? Did they get all of it correct except for I and E for those medial vowels are killer so that I can kind of adjust what I'm doing in my group. So um, that's an option. It's not one that I do a lot. 
Um, typically, I might ha give my para um, the books that we use and ask them to read some of those words. But again, only if I'm in a pinch. The control freak in me likes to do it all myself so that I know what their errors were. But that's certainly an option maybe for you. From this episode, I hope that maybe you are able to steal a couple of routines in your room or maybe start thinking about, oh, I already do this to practice decoding. How can I progress monitor in the moment to make it a little bit easier so that I can just jot down a number on my clipboard instead of reinventing the wheel or stopping instruction, stopping that practice to progress monitor. I also wanna remind you that there will be a free week of the reading intervention linked in the show notes. So if you're hearing all this and you're like, what, four sight words, four decodable words, we go hunt for it in the text, what the heck is she talking about? It is linked in the show notes so that you can go download that, get an idea of what is there. And then as these episodes roll out, you'll be able to see oh, that's what she's doing. That's how she practices reading comprehension or decoding or opening to questions or whatever in those booklets. So make sure that you grab that and then I'll see you back next week where we'll talk about oral reading. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.